I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sarah. And together, we're the co-founders of Whale Tales, a living library of cetacean stories. Today, we're answering kid questions. So sit back and enjoy as we dive right in. It is Kid Question Month. Why? Because we wanted to. It's yep. not a thing. We made it's the rules. just it's a thing for us. Correct. Um, we were thinking about what we could do for our next episode, and there are lots of little kidlets in all of our lives, and we were separately from our podcast discussion mm. reminiscing about just how kids you know there was a whole show about it so this is not news kids say the darndest things and (laughs) especially in all of our past lives working in some form of public education especially around marine life we have all been asked some absolute banger questions by kids so we decided to go out into the online world and our physical kidlet in our vicinity world and see what questions they had about cetaceans. And the questions are awesome. I'm not 100% sure the answers are as awesome, but the questions are great. The questions are excellent. (laughs) It was very fun to read them as they came in. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, so thank you to all the kids and parents who sent in their questions and organized them. And I would just like to say that my nephew, my sister said, do you have any whale questions for Lindsay? And he, she's, he was just like, what questions do you have for me about whales, Lindsay? I felt, <laughs> I felt really held and seen in that moment. Excellent. <laughs> um, and it did take a while for him to actually give me a usable question, but it was, it was a nice moment. <laughs> Aww. that's adorable oh. alright so let's just jump right in because we got a whole bunch of them um, our first one comes from Nora who asks do baby narwhals have horns I love and they- this so much I know and they do it's just still inside their mouth when they're born um, which is comfier for their mommy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> makes the birth process easier yeah. um, and it is a canine tooth like one of the like front pointy ones um, and it's found mostly in the males, although about 15% of girl, female narwhals also have a tusk. Um, it's usually shorter and less pronounced. So the tusks, the tusks doesn't, don't grow out like through their mouth, like through the opening in their mouth. They actually grow, um, they break through the skin of their upper lip. We couldn't really find an age when it starts to protrude, uh, out of their mouth. Like when they're born, it's still inside their mouth. Um, so yeah, we don't know when, but it seems to be pretty early based on some pictures, and then it keeps growing for their whole life. Until it gets to over 10 feet tall. Or oh my gosh. 10 feet long. 10 feet long. Well, it depends on the direction the whale's pointing. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I liked, that's I liked exactly what you said, mm-hmm. Sarah, about it being comfier for their moms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm now just imagining trying to give birth to a narwhal that had a tusk. Yeah, no, exactly. It wouldn't, it like, wouldn't work. Can't be way. <laughs> no. And uh, Nora asked us another question. Nora also asked, do whales have vocal cords? Uh, and the answer is no, they do not. But as we all know, they can still produce an amazing variety of sounds. They still have one of the sort of uh, physical 
what's that called? Organs. Yeah. Mm. One of the organs that we have to make sound, the larynx. They just don't have the vocal cords that go along with it. And it's thought that when whales squeeze air through the larynx and then a system of air sacs that's around their larynx uh, and some special soft tissues, this is how they are able to produce sounds. And one of the things that I think is really, really cool about this is for all of us to speak or sing if we're doing whale songs or make any kind of noise, we have to be exhaling our breath. Uh, it's extremely, extremely, extremely hard. Not impossible, but extremely hard for humans to make noise when we're inhaling. That's why we have to pause <laughs> to, to breathe before we can keep speaking or singing. And with whales, this is not an issue. They do not have to be exhaling in order to make sounds. They can be using that system of air sacs and, and squeezing air over their larynx regardless of whether they're exhaling or inhaling. So kind of wish I was a whale. There's lots of reasons <laughs> I wish that though. <laughs> True fact. William asked, what do dolphins eat? Because he knows that whales eat fish. So the answer is also fish. Ah. <laughs> Surprising, right? Yeah. Uh, all toothed dolphins eat fish, but as we have talked about many times, as you know, killer whales are dolphins, and so they also eat all sorts of different marine animals, um, mm -hmm. some marine mammals, including seals and sea lions, dolphins and porpoises, and also turtles and rays and squid. Um, lots of dolphins. Dolphins eat squid. Most dolphins would eat the fish that you would expect them to eat. Schooling fish, herring, salmon, the other ones that I can't think of right now. Um, anchovies. <laughs> Pilchards. All the fish. Mackerel. All of those ones. Mackerels. I knew and squid. More. And they also do eat squid. Yeah. It's a good source of water. Mm -hmm. Fresh water. As opposed to salt water, which is not great to swallow. No. Yeah. Don't swallow salt water. The end. <laughs> uh, William also asked, do whales have to brush their teeth? And the answer is no. You do have to brush your teeth, but whales yes. do not. Um, there's a bunch of reasons for that. For one, they don't have hands to brush their teeth with. <laughs> um, also, not all whales have teeth. Some whales have bristles or baleen instead of teeth. But even tooth whales um, don't have to brush their teeth. They do get tooth issues and that can cause some other health problems as they get older um but also their teeth are more like spread out like there's gaps between their teeth so it's like they don't have like stuff doesn't get stuck between their teeth the same way because there's more spaces between them um yeah and also they don't have molars like that are like the cuppy parts of teeth where stuff would collect so yeah their teeth are well set up for um not needing brushing they also don't need to have their teeth most of the time for as long as we do. So that's why it's very important that we brush ours. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Next, Lyndon asked us, do whales dive? Oh, yeah, Lyndon. Whales dive a lot. Mm -hmm. Every kind of whale, dolphin, porpoise dives to some extent, to some depth. And the record holder is Cuvier's beaked whale, who can go on a dive as deep as 9,800 feet or almost 3,000 meters, which is as deep as eight Empire State buildings on top of each other. Mm -hmm. That is very, 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 very deep. And the other thing that's really cool about the Cuvier's Beaked Whale is that that dive was also 222 minutes long. So that's, what is that, four hours? Oh, almost four hours. That's like eight I don't even 
like we used to measure time in Sesame Streets and Mr. Rogers, but I don't know yeah. what the kids are yeah. doing these days. But that's like <laughs> it's seven and seven point four like half hour shows. Oh it's God. a lot of Paw Patrol. <laughs> it's so much, so much Bluey. Yeah. Oh man, it's like thirty Blueys because they're short. <laughs> uh, Lauren P, uh, who's from Instagram, so don't think it is the child's name. But thank you for sending in your question, Lauren. She asks. Why are there different kinds of whales? The short answer is evolution. It's the same reason why there's different kinds of animals in general and also different kinds of fish and stuff. There's just There are cetaceans better adapted for some things than others. And also just because as well for some things. I don't think like Rice's whales and Amuro's whales are pretty much the same. Like we didn't know they were different until literally like six months ago. So, but also like they can't all be good at everything. Exactly. So yeah, some are good no at some things. One perfect yeah. animal. Yeah. Um, for everything. So some yeah. have great adaptations for some things, and some have great adaptations for others, like diving, indeed, or swimming really fast, or jumping really high, or eating a turtle, which seems. Yeah weird so seems like a, a weird thing to adapt but i guess if there's yeah. lots of turtles you might as well give it a shot <laughs> uh awesome uh, our next question comes from bailey who wants to know why are whales squishy and whales are squishy because they have blubber uh, so blubber is a layer of fat on the outside of whales and that is mostly there to help keep them warm. So whales that live where it's really cold like belugas have basically a mattress thickness of blubber wrapped all around their body and that helps to keep them really warm um they also their skin is a different texture from ours because it's in the water all the time so their skin is more like waterproofy uh than our skin so that um is also that sort of is the outer texture and then the inner squishiness is because of their blubber yeah if you've never felt a whale because Mm. that's a pretty rare thing to have the opportunity to do um they feel a lot like a hard-boiled egg like a really, really well hard-boiled egg when you take the shell off. Bailey also asked us, where does the word whale come from? Excellent question, Bailey, and something that we actually wrote a blog post about on our blog, The Naming of Things, on our website a couple of months ago. So the word whale is a very, very, very old word. It actually hasn't changed that much for thousands of years. The most recent variation that we know of is an Old English whale. I have absolutely no idea how to speak Old English, so I'm making that up from a pronunciation perspective. So is everybody um, else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one really knows. Um, and that was the word that was used to refer to both whales and walruses. So if you kind of trace it all the way back through various Swedish, German, and Dutch equivalents, the word has pretty much always meant big sea fish, Hmm. because there Hmm. was a time when everything in the ocean was thought to be either a fish or a monster. But uh, now we know monsters aren't real, and fish are, and they're not whales, and whales are awesome. And that's where we get the word whale. Well, <laughs> some fish are also awesome. So, true. You know, I'm here to support fish. <laughs> Yay, true. fish. Uh, Scarlet asks, which is faster, uh, faster swimmer, a whale or a dolphin? So the fin whale is one of the fastest cetaceans and can sustain speeds up to 37 kilometers an hour. And 
Oh, sit up sustained speeds between 37 and 41 kilometers an hour and bursts up to 46 kilometers an hour. But the doll's porpoise, not even in this question, <laughs> can reach maximum speeds of 55 kilometers an hour, which is 34 miles per hour. We've got to give some love to the porpoise. Indeed. <laughs> common dolphins also, uh, common dolphins hold the title for fastest marine mammal and they reach speeds up to 60 kilometers per hour. So they all go real fast. The thing about fin whales is they're also the second largest animal whale in the world. So yeah. it's ridiculous that they can go that fast. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Like all of those would get speeding tickets in many places yeah. if they were on roads. <laughs> Scarlett also asked, which have more color? Which um, is also a great question. It is a great question. And... um. Mostly none of them. Like, whales are really gray. They're white yeah. and gray and black and more gray. Um, some of them, like, blue whales are, like, a bluish gray, but it's mostly gray. Um, mm-hmm. It's, like, blue if it, they, like, get the reflection of a really blue sky. Um, some do have other colors. So short and long-beaked common dolphins and Atlantic white-sided dolphins have some yellow stripes and patches. Uh Some whales, like beluga whales, when they're first born, are like a brownish gray. And then most colorful prize is going to go, though, to the Indo-Pacific humpback dolphin and the Amazon river dolphin, because they are pink. I mean, it's a grayish pink, but they're pink. (laughs) But but gray, but pink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely the most, whoa, that's a color. Yeah. 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 But mostly they are gray. Yeah. Definitely not like fish with no. colors. No, yeah. no, no. Daphne asked us which whale has a bigger tail. And Daphne, the answer is the blue whale. So the blue whale is the biggest whale, the biggest animal that's ever lived on the planet. And as a result, I mean, there could be other things that could have bigger tails. But in this case, the blue whale also wins the prize for having the biggest tail. Its tail flukes are 25 feet wide or almost eight meters and that is almost as long as a double decker bus so the next time you get on a bus look at the driver and then at the people sitting in the back and then think this bus could be the tail of a whale and that is pretty cool uh daphne also asks do whales and dolphins live together and yes and no they live in the ocean but that's a big place. Um, a lot of whale species are solitary, except for mating times. And a lot of dolphin species, most dolphin species are not solitary. So they, But they do not normally mix, but some of them do mix. We've definitely seen pods of all sorts of different dolphin species together, just hanging out, having a dolphin-y time. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't normally spend time together like behaviorally. It's not something that is well known or documented definitely seen but of course there is those pesky killer whales who do like to chomp on (laughs) other (laughs) whales and dolphins so they won't be hanging out with them and uh well not socially (laughs) not socially and some pacific white-sided dolphins have been known to spend time with the resident killer whales here on the west coast um kind of as a safety measure perhaps Mm. of just like we know that the transients or the bigs don't go, don't interact with the residents. So 
it's a safe place to bet that the bigs won't show up. And they eat a lot of the same food, so. Yes, also yeah. true. It's very so handy it's like, as well. They're hanging out together, but also just like happen to be at the same restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but you'll definitely see, like if you're on a whale watching yeah, yeah. trip, you'll definitely see multiple species. I just put a story up today from mm. Western Australia about killer whales and sperm whales um, in the same spot. The, those killer whales do eat small mammals, mm-hmm. small marine mammals like beaked whales smaller mm. but i don't think any killer whales attempted to eat a sperm whale that would be madness <laughs> yep who knows who knows <laughs> um okay james asks why do whales and dolphins look the same and they do look pretty similar for basically because they all live in the ocean they're all trying to be in the ocean they want to have like pretty good camouflage so that's why they're sort of like mostly gray like we talked about earlier uh they're streamlined to help them go fast um or to like have good maneuverability with their fins um and so evolution kind of is like well this works not Mm -hmm. i mean evolution doesn't really have an opinion but like it's (laughs) it's um it's it's a thing called convergent evolution so the same pattern evolves in this in multiple animals um because it solves the problem that it's trying to solve of like fitting into their ocean environment and being fast enough to catch the food and fast enough to keep up with their friends. And our last question comes to us from Briar. And Briar asked, actually specifically Briar asked, why do whales splash me? In follow-up with Briar's parents, Briar has never actually been splashed by a whale, but <laughs> she was very concerned that a whale was going to splash her and she wanted to know why a whale would splash her. So we have sort of extrapolated from that. Briar's question is, why do whales splash? And this is a great question because I think a lot of the answer is because they can. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the same reason, like, why do you like to twirl? Because well, you can. Twirling's fun. And yeah. if you were a whale and you lived in the ocean... Splashing is great. I like to splash just as a human in a pool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the surface of the water is right there. It's right there. Exactly. <laughs> but there are some reasons why whales would splash uh, in addition to just because it's fun and because they can. So it's thought that some certain whales or dolphins might actually jump out of the water and make big splashes to communicate with each other. What exactly they're trying to communicate? Who knows? It could be like, hey, look what I can do. Or also danger or also hey party time there could be a lot of reasons for it now do you want to make babies with me yep (laughs) all all of the above and uh also whales as sarah mentioned earlier don't have hands so Mm -hmm. that means they can't brush their teeth but it also means they can't scratch itches Mm. that they get Mm -hmm. So one of the only ways that they have, especially the whales that live way, way out in the middle of the ocean where they could never get to sort of the bottom to kind of rub up against a rock or something to scratch an itch if they had an itch on their back. One of the only ways that they can scratch an itch is by jumping out of the water and kind of hitting their body on the surface. It's kind of like, you know, you might hit your arm up against a wall to kind of like or or scratch your back against a door if you can't reach the spot that you need to get to so it could be for that reason too one of the most important things though a whale i don't think would ever intentionally splash you prior no (laughs) no seems unlikely you might just happen to be on a boat where a whale wants 
to splash because it's fun, but they're not doing it because they want to splash you. They're not trying to splash you. No. And if a whale is splashing you when you're on a whale watching boat, you have just seen an amazing thing. Indeed. So. Good luck for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, So before we continue with the rest of the episode, we wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about how you can support our podcast and everything we do at Whale Tales. You can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash whaletales. Uh, On Patreon, you can support us for a dollar a month at the porpoise level or five dollars a month at the dolphin level or ten dollars a month at the whale level. Each level comes with a variety of perks, including discounts on our merch, like our Whaley Great Day mugs, which I had some much-needed caffeine out of this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Our thank you postcards, access to extended interviews and stories we do with our guests, and you can even, at one of those levels, produce your own fun flipper fact segment of the podcast. So we wanted to thank all of our patrons for helping support us in for three years. This is our third year anniversary podcast um, coming out shortly after the exact date of our launch of this podcast. So and we've had patrons from the beginning. So we wanted to thank you so much for helping support this ridiculous fun time that we have. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that. That's um, awesome. <laughs> I can guarantee you that you did know that, but your your brain it sieved out. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. I didn't consciously today know that fact because that's life with two children. <laughs> if you aren't able to support us financially, uh, that's we totally get it. it don't um, stretch your budget just for us. Uh, there's still lots of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave us a rating or a review on your podcast platform of choice, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which will help other people find the podcast. And you can also tell your cetacean-y, science-y, podcast-loving friends so that they can listen to the podcast too. You can also follow us on social media and remember that our Instagram account was changed. Thank you, hackers, earlier this year. So if you were following us before and you can't find us now, you can find us at whaletales underscore org. Plus, you can always send us your feedback so that we can keep making the podcast even better. One other cute little aside before we get to the next segment of the podcast, I did ask our newest little, my son Thomas, who Mm. is six months old, Mm. if he had any whale questions. And his response was... (laughs) Excellent. I think he answered his own question. I think so. (laughs) But he seemed very interested. (laughs) Do you know what time it is, you two? I do. You do? It's here in the notes, yeah. <laughs> I guessed. You guessed. It's time for Fun Flipper Fact. <laughs> and today's Fun Flipper Fact is a quick one, but also very well themed with the episode. Today's Fun Flipper Fact is about how kids can make amazing cetacean discoveries too. You don't have to be, this is kind of the theme of our website, honestly, you don't have to be a PhD doctoral researcher to discover something amazing about whales, dolphins, or porpoises. Um, you apparently... Not apparently. (laughs) You don't even have to be a grown-up. 
anyone who has the opportunity to see a whale or a dolphin or a porpoise can discover something that no one's ever seen before. And that was the case with a young child and his dad walking along the beach in New Zealand a couple of years ago. Uh, The eight-year-old, whose name was Charlie, was walking down the beach and stumbled on what he thought was a funny-looking rock. I can uh, guarantee, based on my three-year-old's love of rocks, that he had probably found about eight million other rocks before finding this one. (laughs) But this particular rock was very interesting, so Charlie took it home. Again, I'm going to bet Charlie took home a lot of rocks that day. (laughs) And as it turned out, it wasn't a rock at all. It was actually an incredibly rare and... Sorry, that was my stomach. (laughs) If you can't edit that out, Sarah. No, it'll be fine. Just, like, start the sentence again. Okay. Um... As it turns out, that was an incredibly rare substance and also really valuable substance called ambergris, which is essentially whale poop. Specifically, it's uh, whale poop from sperm whales, and it is made only by a very small percentage of sperm whales. It's basically their intestines kind of... uh, use the hard substance of the squids that they like to eat and break that down the beaks of the squids they break it down into this really 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 hard substance and then when they excrete or get rid of that substance through their bums yep (laughs) it floats to the surface of the ocean and it hardens and becomes incredibly valuable in of all places the perfume industry yep you heard that right ambergris was the main ingredient in super expensive perfumes for the last 200 years and it's still used today by companies like chanel and levin in some of their most popular scents so we have a link in the show notes to the article this came from 2015 so it was a while ago but you know who knows what kids are out there looking at rocks and that rock might actually be whale poop or something even more incredible (laughs) keep looking at rocks Check your kids' pockets before you put their stuff in the washing machine. Oh, so much. (laughs) So many racks. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Before we go, we always like to finish up with something you can do to improve your life and the life of the oceans and the animals that live in them. And so this week on theme with the awesome questions that we got, we thought we would encourage all of you to feed your own curiosity, ask lots of questions, and we figured we would talk a little bit about where to find answers. Like, if you're around kids, they ask a lot of questions. And sometimes you know the answer. You know, what time is it? Is it time for dinner? Can I have a snack? You know the answer to those questions. But like, what whale is the most colorful? If we were doing a Q&A, how would you get that answer? So yeah, we figured we'd share some uh, good resources. Um, obviously, you can ask us anytime. We'll try to answer. Yes. But you know. We love this. So please, please do. Yeah, send us um, your crazy kid cetacean questions. You won't be the first people to do so but you know one of the things that we look for when we're researching for this podcast is really good resources online most of the time Mm -hmm. um you know we are really really lucky and privileged that we have a pretty amazing physical library between the three of us of books about so many different whales and dolphins and porpoises Mm -hmm. um but the actual library 
also has those books <laughs> uh, and so many more. And I know that nowadays, you know, most of us have a smartphone or, or most of our parents at least probably have one smartphone in the house. And it can be really, really easy to just, you know, think of a question and be like, oh, I'll just Google that. Mm -hmm. But I find one of the most valuable things I find about doing and prepping for this podcast is actually like digging into books and trying to find information that we're going to share with all of you when we're, we're yeah. researching for the podcast. So, you know, and, and now with my, my kids too, I love taking them to the library and we have read so many books, including nonfiction books, like scientific ish children's appropriate books that I never would have picked up myself and things I, I never would have learned on my own just by feeding that curiosity that, that my kids have and, and also that kind of like, yeah, I want to know that too. I want to learn mm -hmm. about that too. Yeah. So books are a great place to start. And if you aren't able to get out to the library, you don't have books yourself, of course, because we do have those smartphones and computers in our lives, the internet is an amazing place to find answers to questions. But you do have to be careful mm -hmm. of where you're getting your information online. So, Lindsay and Sarah, what are some of the things you would sort of caution people to look out for that, uh, that we have found in terms of like, maybe that's not the best place to be answering a question. This is something you should look for instead. It can be difficult with citation stuff, as I've seen before. Um, there's a lot of random facts in news articles that have that are incorrect or have been translated wrong or something. So it can be difficult is when you're when you're even when you're reading the news because you would hope that this yeah. they would have the information correct, but sometimes they don't. So if you're looking for facts about a certain even what species, whale, dinosaur, whatever, um, like going to a website that is about them, like that's the main purpose. So there's lots of different whale ones. Um, Whales.org is the first one I can think of, but there's yeah. lots of facts, whale sites out there. Museum sites are a great place to get information. Um, and those kinds of places also have YouTube channels, if that's an easier way for you to get information of getting facts from the channels, the YouTube channels, from the websites that actually study the stuff. And that their main purpose in life is to have this education and spread it to you. That's what they're trying to do. So you know that that research has been checked and confirmed. And yeah stuff like that. So yeah, so those are the best things to do. Just always question what you see. Um, especially on social media, clickbait is a thing that happens, doesn't have to be about the real housewives to be <laughs> clickbait. There's a lot of clickbait out there about, about cetaceans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Especially. So Yeah, no. Yeah, mu museums and even like research groups often or um like other science communication groups. So yeah, like whales.org or WWF um, have lots of really good facts. Like my sort of rule of thumb is like, if you go to an article and it's got like links to articles that aren't really like that seem sort of dodgy science. And also if it has like more ads than content, you're, it's probably not the right place. Like back, back, back out of that uh, <laughs> rabbit hole and keep trying. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, you don't have to read a scientific paper, but if you scroll to the bottom of the article or blog that you're reading and see that there are references to scientific papers, that's definitely a good sign. Yeah. Even Wikipedia, like Wikipedia is, it has its pros and cons, but it's it can be a good starting point, especially if you look there for the quick facts and then at the bottom there's sources and then you can dive further in to more sources, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for quick facts, like I go there all the time for how, what is the average length of a blue whale or something like that? If that's, those are the things that you're looking for, it, you can definitely get that from there. I would say my sort of three rules of thumb are number one, avoid websites that are just like generalist Q and a websites like Quora for some reason always comes up whenever I start searching for a question for a fun flipper fact segment or something like that. Um, it never has any sources for where it's information is coming from. And it, it, it just seems completely made up some of the time. So some of those websites that are just like ask, I don't know if ask Jeeves is still a thing. And I know that's a search no, engine, but, like, but <laughs> Cora is the new ask Jeeves basically. Yeah. Um, I would avoid those. That's kind of rule number one, avoid sort of just general Q and a websites. Mm-hmm. Rule number two for me is usually I want to find two good websites that say the same thing at least two if i can only find one even if it seems really reputable but i can't find any other reputable site that seems to say the same thing i have questions (laughs) so that's number two uh, and number three think back to when you were in elementary school and you were learning about stories and all of the different things that you need to be able to answer in a story who what when where how If you find a fact, try to find those things. Like, Mm. who discovered this? When did they figure this out? How did they figure that out? Where was this done? And and what was going on when they saw this? So those are the things that we think about. Not always possible with everything, but good places to start if you're going to go on your own scientific discoveries. Mm -hmm. And from there, if you can't find it, you can always ask us because mm-hmm. we love nothing more than diving dive deep, 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 deep into station science. <laughs> I think that about brings us to the end of the episode. What do you two think? Yeah, yeah I think I so. Think it's good. I think so. This was really fun. Yeah. And we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or any episode. So please visit our website, whale-tales.org, and find links to our various social media handles so that you can drop us a line. You can also tweet at us directly. I am FHG07. Sarah is Sarah K. Given, no H, and Nicole is Nick F. Can, C-A-N-N. You can head to our website to subscribe to the podcast, check out our merchandise, learn about supporting us and becoming a patron, and while you're there, read over 1,100 whale, dolphin, and porpoise stories. That's whale-tales.org. Tales like the story, not tales like the animal. And if you've seen a citation, we would love to add your story to our library. Click the share link on our website, contact us on social media, uh, whaletales.org on Facebook and Twitter, and whaletales underscore org on Instagram. Or you can email us a voice memo and maybe get featured on the podcast to tell us all about your incredible citation encounter. Finally, we want to acknowledge that we recorded today's episode on the unceded territories territories of the Coast Salish peoples and the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, as well as the homelands of the Tawasan First Nation. Thank you, and again, thank you so much for listening and for supporting us. We hope you all have a whaley great day.